Recorded live. There's no one like Jesus. Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we give you praise, Lord, we give you glory, Lord, we give you praise, you're worthy of the praise, Lord, we give you glory, Lord, we give you honor. Lord, we give you praise. There's no one like you. There's no one like Jesus. No, not one. There's no one like Jesus. No. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you, for this is the day the Lord has made. Are to be rejoicing. the day that he has added to our lives. Take for granted that God will add another day to your life. There were many sleep last night. I wake up to see this privileged we have blessed. Worthy part of this day. This we give God thanks, we give Him praise. Uh, those of you that have been worshiping with us, that we have been working on our most recent topic, dealing with the components of us as human beings. Scripture says, we are to love the Lord, thy God, with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind. We have looked at the heart. We have looked at the soul. We have looked at mind. I want to take a look today at our strength. Take a look today, what? At our strength. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 10 with a chapter 6 with a special focus on verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, special focus on verse 10. A very 
familiar passage of Scripture. The Spirit of God says to us, Finally, strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Spirit says to us, Finally, strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power. Working today off of our theme, your strength. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing us another day in the land of the living. And so, merciful. so good to us, Heavenly Father. Pause reverently during this day to give your name the glory, give your name the honor, give your name the adoration that you deserve. Father, pray right now for the saints that are going to join us this morning for worship. safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, for your people to enter enter your gates, giving, and into your courts. Father, for those of us that are here, open our hearts and our minds that we may hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Father, as we experience this ice storm in the eastern portion of the United States, I pray watch over your people, Father. Hide the hands and the wheel of vehicles as we keep the dents down to a minimum. Bring your people safely to work and church and wherever else they may be. I want your good, pleasing, and perfect will to be done, Heavenly Father. These things for us, we will be very careful. Continue to give your name all glory, all honor. Look at Ephesians, sixth chapter. There are so many things that the Apostle Paul shares with various groups. Here's a word for masters, for the slaves, shares a word for husbands. Well, as wives, he shares a word with young people as well as older people. Understanding children of God 
that our God has a word for everybody. It's not wise for us to go to church and say, I wish my husband would have heard this. I wish my wife would have heard this. I wish my children would have heard this. I wish my parents would have heard this. Understand that if, if there was a word from God being spoken, there is a word from God for you. God has a word for everyone. The Bible says in the early church, Acts the second chapter, verses 42 on down, the scripture says they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Well, who were they? They were the people of God. They were the children of God. Every day they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. Well, why did the children of God devote themselves every day to the apostles' doctrine? Because God wants to teach his people every day. Understand something, child of God. God has got something he wants to say to you and to me every day. Not every Sunday, not every Wednesday Bible study, not every time we have a special program here and there. God has something to say every day. I want to encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, not to begin your day until you've heard, first heard from God. Before you get up out of the bed, hear from God. Lord, what shall I do? Lord, where shall I go? Lord, who do you want me to see? Who do you want me to stay away from? I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. Begin your day with communion with the Lord. And I guarantee you, my brother and my sister, that your day will go smoother. Your day will be more productive. There's only two things that we can do in life, my brother and my sister. You say, Pastor, what are those two things? We can do what God wants us to do, or we can do what God does not want. Always remember that, my brother and my sister. Only two things that we can say, what God wants us to say and what God doesn't want us to say. Only two places we can go, where God wants us to go and where God doesn't want us to go. I encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, as we... Seek to do more of what God wants. We will begin to experience greater blessings, more fruitfulness. God will be pleased. As I've shared with you all a number of times, as we please God more, God will please us more. So Ephesians, as a word, so many words, so many different groups. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. Find out what group you're part of. 
hear what God has to say to your group. Find out what your group is now. Some of, and, and, and I have to make mention of that because we're living in a day and time where a number of individuals don't know or don't want to accept or have been deceived by the adversary in regards to the group that they are a part of. In other words, you got boys that think that they are girls. You got girls that think that they are boys. You got men that are thinking that they are women and women that are thinking they are men. You you even hear this nonsense that I I've, I'm a I'm a a woman trapped in a man's body or a man trapped in a woman's body. Nonsense. You are what God made you to be. If God made you a man, then operate and act like and do like a man. If God made you a woman, then operate, do like, act like a woman. God made you what he wanted you to be. Now, you might want to be all sorts of things. But I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister, let us uh, operate not in what's pleasing to us, but in what's pleasing to God. Praise the living God. Ephesians chapter 6 deals with so many groups. So many groups. And when Paul comes down in verse 9, he deals with a very touchy subject in his day. Now, we read it today, especially in the United States, and many of us don't think very much of these words because slavery has been done away with for the most part in the United States. So when we read verse 9, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, And masters do the same for your slave. Give up your use of threat, because you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. That doesn't sound like much. Again, because we in this country, for the most part, have done away with slavery. But in Paul's day, slavery was very real. It was very popular. It was very prominent. Now, what the Lord is placing in my spirit now, these words here, they take on one meaning today. But here in the United States, if they were spoken 300 years ago, it would have been, it would have been very different. Words have different they resonate differently in different times. Words resonate differently in different times, in different environments, around different people. Where you don't have a lot of prejudice to speak on prejudice is not that big a deal. But where you have a lot of prejudice and you go in there and start speaking on prejudice, 
it will be a very big deal. Um, what the Lord is bringing to my, my spirit now is tithing. Now, here at the Christian Center, you know, and most of the saints that are part of Christian Center, we know that tithing was a was Malachi was talking about food items, and even the original command was was on food items. We, we know that's not even a, a big deal to us. But in a lot of places where people are deceived into thinking that Malachi was talking about money or the tithing had something to do with money, it's a big deal. It's not a big deal when people have revelation. But when people don't have a revelation, the same words could be dangerous. Uh, Jesus' disciples, they knew that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. They they knew that was no big deal to them. But preach those same words to the Pharisees. Preach those same words to the teachers of the law. Preach those same words to those who don't have a revelation, and it could be very, very dangerous. So this is why, this is one of the reasons, children of God, that we have to be very careful even with the Word of God. We have to make sure, you know, even even the Word of God is not to be shared any kind of way. We have to be led. Jeez, there, were, there, were, there were certain places, one of my daughters asked me last night about uh, what we do in the community here in North Carolina. I said, well, we, don't, we don't do that very much. She said, why? He said, is that by choice? I said, I said, you got to understand, there are three places that the Bible says a prophet, which I am, is without honor. As one of the ways you can check, you think you're a prophet out there, you're under the sound of my voice, you really think you're a prophet, one of the ways you can check yourself, what kind of honor do you receive in these three places? Because there are three places the Bible says a prophet, a true prophet, is without honor. One in his own home. Prophet is without honor without honor in his home. Number two, in his own hometown. Prophet is without honor in his own hometown. And number three, in his own country. John four and forty four, Jesus himself pointed out that a prophet, real prophet we're talking about. Now we're not talking about now we're talking about real prophets. Jesus himself pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. That's how you check yourself. Now, you check yourself. You check and whether or not you are, yeah, yes, Michelle, yes, now. That's how you can check to see whether you're dealing with a real prophet. The Bible says that Jesus came unto his own. He came to the Jews. If you wondered who Jesus was sent to, those of you that know scripture, you know Jesus was sent to the Jews. He came unto his own. He came unto his own people. And the Bible says, and they received him not. They won't trying to hear that stuff Jesus was talking about. They won't the Jews weren't trying to hear that. They, they, they thought enough about enough of, about Jesus to hang him on the cross. That's what the Jews for the most part thought of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They thought just about enough to hang him on a cross. 
came unto his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as received him. See, that's why I'm glad the story don't stop there. That's why I'm glad the story don't stop with your own and my own. Because our own may receive us not, just like Jesus' own received him not. But the Bible says, but to as many as received him. In other words, you out there under the sound of my voice, some of you under the sound of my voice, you've been rejected. by You've been trying to tell them about the Lord around in your in your community. Folks don't want to hear. Folks don't believe. Folks don't want to. And, and, and some of you have gotten discouraged. Because of this, but I want to encourage you today. Just as Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not, there is a group of to as many as received him. In other words, God's got another group. Them that don't want to receive you never get caught up in people that don't wanna don't want to support your ministry. You know that God has sent you to do something. You know that God has sent you to say something. Don't get caught up in those who won't support you, those who are not with you. There were folk that weren't with Jesus, and he was the son of God. You focus your attention on those who, those as many as received him, as many as received you. Wherever you got to find them, wherever you got to go, what you get, and you know that you've been sent from God, you get caught up in the ones that do. Amen. Praise God. Don't worry about it. You know, I got plenty of family members don't want to hear, don't want to hear the gospel out of me. Don't want no problem. I got churches all over the world that do. Saints all in all kind of countries and all kind of nations and all kind of places that do. So I encourage you, child of God. Don't, don't sit there with your mouth poked out and you about to cry because of, of folk around you that don't want to accept you. Folk around Jesus didn't want to accept Jesus. In Nazareth, where he had been brought up, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus went back to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, tried to preach, tried to teach. They, they drove him out of the synagogue, took him up on a cliff, and tried to throw him off a cliff. But the Bible says Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. I want to encourage you, child of God, you will go on your way in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will go on to the people, the places, and the things that God has for you. See, sometimes, listen to me, children of God. Sometimes the anointing that God has given to you is too great for the people around you. Let's get that down. Sometimes the anointing that God has given you is too great for the people around you. Jesus went to Nazareth. The Bible says where he had been brought up. Oh, yes, yes, Nishiel, that that's it. Let me find that for you all, because I, I believe somebody's giving me to be blessed. Uh, Nazareth. We can we can find this scripture here. 
look at Saints. Um, I want you to look at Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. I'm gonna take a, a little a little look at this. Chapter 4, and if you would, go on down to verse 14. Now, normally, when I teach this, various countries, I teach it, and it's been some time that since I've taught it, and I hope I'm remembering I, I call it the five A's of ministry. I'm not going to go over it now, but these five A's of ministry are stages, if you are a true minister of God, you're going to find yourself going through these five A's. And the reason why I call it the five A's, when the Lord gave it to me maybe about 30 years ago. Uh, each one of the the stages began with the letter A, uh, and there are five A's that you will you will go through in ministry. And you see Jesus going through it here in Nazareth. And I'm hearing the Lord say, "Go over it a little, Robert, for my people." Look at verse fourteen. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. Scripture says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Now, I like to call the first a, for the first stage in ministry, the anticipation stage. Anticipation. This is the first A for those of you that are taking notes. Um, here you see it happening with Jesus' ministry. News about Jesus, it spread throughout the whole countryside. Jesus was preaching and teaching and healing the sick, raising the dead, doing wonderful things, and, and the word got out. So, you know, people were anticipating. You know, I, I, my, my spirit goes to, I was in our Christian Center Church Worldwide chat room with some of our ministers today from all over the world, and, and I was sharing with them our plans for this year. As we just closed out last year, but I was sharing with them our plans for this year, the countries we plan to visit and the times when we planned to see him. And the pastors were so excited. Apostle, oh, you, oh, when are you coming to Nairobi? Apostle, when, what about uh, one of the pastors that heard it, the plans to, to go to various countries? He said, ah, Apostle, what about Liberia? I didn't hear you mention Liberia. And I told him, I said, well, Liberia, we, I gave him a date. What about Nigeria? Well, anticipation. That's a normal and a natural stage in ministry for people 
to, if you've got something good from God, there's going to be an anticipation that is going to take place regarding your ministry. You know, you might not be going to other countries. It might just be people waiting for you, can't wait for you to come on Sunday and preach and bless the congregation. But this was Jesus going through that the anticipation stage. The Bible says he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Now, verse 15, I like to call this the acceptance phase. What's the first phase? Anticipation and acceptance. But for a while, Jesus was, you know, they were loving what Jesus was talking about. And same thing when I go into countries and nations and, and dealing with individuals. They'll, for a while, they'll love what Apostle Brian got to say. They'll be amazed, just like they were amazed at Jesus and the gracious words that were on his lips. Yeah, for a while. And that's the acceptance days. The Bible says he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he stood up in the synagogue, as was his custom, to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. He found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoner, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, free to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 20. It says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Almost like today, dropped the mic. Jesus dropped the mic on him. Jesus dropped the mic on him. Hit him with, hit him with, with words from God, prophecy, and then rolled up the scroll, gave it back, and sat down. The Bible says, look at verse 20. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Now, we're still in the acceptance what right. phase. Still in the acceptance phase, children of God. The Bible says Jesus began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, watch this, children of God. The Lord is dealing with me on this right now. Lord said, Robert, you got to know what you carry. I want to encourage you, child of God, know what you carry. Jesus knew what he was carrying. Jesus said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Regardless of what been being preached to him, regardless of what, the Pharisees have been saying, regardless of what the teachers of the law have been saying, Jesus, look, today this scripture is fulfilled. Now, you got to understand, children of God, they, you know, the Pharisees have been preaching for a long time. The teachers of the law have been preaching and teaching for a long time. The Essenes and the, the Zealots, there were different groups that had been preaching and teaching for a long time. But Jesus said today, this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Today, Jesus knew what he carried. I want to encourage you, child of God, know what you carry. 
Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. 
yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Now, the people were getting agitated. They were getting agitated. Jesus kept right on talking, kept right on irritating people. And, when, 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 you know, the agitation phase is when, when the, the words start irritating you. Now, you were just appreciating the word a little while ago, but now it's starting to irritate you. Because now, you know, the Lord is not dealing with your husband's sin. He's dealing with yours only. He's dealing with yours, too. For the husband, or the Lord is not dealing with your wife's sin. He's dealing with yours, too. Or not dealing with just your children's sin. Or See, at some point, the word has got to deal with all of our what? Sins. At some point, the word of God has to deal with all of our sins. Jesus started dealing with their sins. Look at verse 28. This is defined, This is one of the last stages. It says, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. This is the, agit- this is the abhorrence phase. Abhorrence. And abhorrence means hatred. The people got so upset with Jesus, preaching and teaching, just telling the truth, that they were starting to hate him. Now, in, in just this short while, you see how many stages? Five stages. Five stages that the people of Nazareth went through in just a short time. So don't be surprised. When you see people with you one day and then they're against you the next day, or or even don't be surprised when you see people against you one day and then they be with you the next day. Why? Because Satan moves quickly in people's hearts and people's minds and people's spirits. and Satan moves quickly. Here were these people that were just speaking well of him. People that were just amazed at the gracious words that were on Jesus' lips, just being blessed by by the prophet. Now, all of a sudden, look at verse 28, all the people. Just a little while ago, the Bible said all the eyes of everyone were fastened on him. Now, the Bible says all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. The Bible says they got up. Drove Jesus out of the town, took him on the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him off the cliff. They were trying to throw Jesus off a cliff. The Bible says, verse 30, he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. I want to encourage you, child of God. You too. Me too. We're going to walk right through the crowd going to be on our way. In other words, we're not going anywhere until it is destined for us to go. Regardless of what your enemies are planning, regardless of what your enemies are trying to do, regardless of what your enemies want to do, you ain't going nowhere, child of God. I ain't going nowhere until my destined time by God is up. Then, I can't stop it, you know, no matter what I do. When we run into, see, God already knows when every one of us is going away from him. Not 
and not a minute before and not a minute after. So I encourage you, my brother and my sister, be free. Be free. Be free. Free to serve God. Free to to live for God. Free to do what God has instructed you to do. Be free. The Bible says that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Children of God, we are free. Let the, the adversary and his children fool you. We are free. God has set us free. Now it's one thing to be free and to recognize. It's another thing to be free and not recognize. Prayer for you is that you will recognize the freedom God has granted me and you. So just keep in mind those five stages of ministry. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be upset when you see yourself in one of those stages. Just realize that these are the five stages of ministry, and at different times, I'm going to go through different ones. I'm going to go through some times where people are going to be anticipating me. I'm going to go through some time where people are going to be uh, accepting me. I'm going to go through some time where people are going to be what? Appreciating me. I'm going to go through some times where folk are going to be agitated by me. And I'm going to go through some time where folk are going to abhor me. That's the reality of ministry. That's the reality. You know, um, what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now is God says it's just like growing up, Robert. Now, now, I don't believe there are any children worshiping in here with us. There may be some listening with some of the parents. I don't know. But for the most part, all of you all are adults. That means you done gone through babyhood. You done gone through childhood. You done gone through teenage years. You done gone through uh, young adulthood. And now you are you're a full grown adult. Those are those those are just stages. You all of them are all that stuff. Them other ones are just stages that you pass through. Well, in ministry there are stages that we pass through. If you'd have got stuck in your teenage years, or if you'd have died in your teenage years, you wouldn't be the adult that you are today. No, because you would have died. I had a friend of mine. We were 12 years old. He had a, a, a aneurysm, I think it was, burst in his head. We were 12 years old. Good friend of mine. We used to play. He died instantly. Never got to see him as a man. Never got to see him as an adult. Because he didn't make it past his, his teenage years. Well, the point is this. If all you looking for is to be appreciated in ministry, you won't never grow up. If all you looking for is to to, to to be uh what what are some of the stages the first stage and anticipated. Or anticipated or or you only want to be appreciated or you only want to be accepted you never grew up in ministry you 
got to experience some abhorrence or you got to experience some agitation. You got to go through. Jesus went through mistreatment. You know, Paul talked about learning the secret of being content, whatever state he found himself in. He said, Paul said, I know what it's like to be well fed. And he said, I know what it's like to be hungry. And Paul said, I know what it's like to be living in plenty. And I know what it's like to be living in want. For some of you that, that don't understand why we have to go through all of what we be going through, it's because God is growing us up. God wants to get you and me to a place where we're like Paul. We've learned the secret of being content. Somebody could come in right now, give me $10 million. I'd be all right. I don't believe I'd be much different than I am right now. I don't believe. Now, let me, let me say it like that. Cause but I don't believe I'd be much different. You know, when you see people that, you know, maybe get a lot of money or get a, get some, and then all of a sudden they get real conceited or they get, that's people that really don't understand the blessing. Our blessings should make us more humble, not more arrogant. If you receive a blessing and it has made you more arrogant, then you didn't really understand the purpose of that blessing. People that are really blessed by God and really understand blessings by God, they are some of the most humble people. They are some of the most humble because they realize that that's from God. I can take this when he wants to. I got a friend of mine. Son went to the NBA. You know, I remember about ten years ago, this 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 friend of mine. I'd be on missionary trips in Nigeria or somewhere. He'd be contacting me on the phone like, "B, when you come back home, I want you to work with my son." I, and he'd be this kid wasn't about seven or eight years old. He said, "He, he said, B, this one is special now." I said, "Well, I'll, I'll be home in a little while." I went. Son is in the NBA. One of the, the the top players, you know, doing well. But I remember his father told me about ten years ago, when he was just a little bitty boy, that this one is special. B, I want you to work with him. I want you. I want you to work with him. And I said, all right, I'll be. You know, I'll, I'll be in Nigeria somewhere. We all cross somewhere across the world. I'll be like, all right, man. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be back a little bit. The Lord willing. Now he is walking in great, great blessings. I appreciate he's remaining humble. Remaining humble. I want I encourage you, child of God. Remain humble. Remain humble. No matter how God bless you. No matter how God uh extends and enlarges your coast. No matter where God takes you, remain humble. Let's see. You know, and the Lord said, Robert, deal with this with my people for a little while. As long as we remain humble, we put ourselves in a position of constant blessings. The Bible lets us know that whoever humbles himself before the Lord, the Lord will lift him up. So as long as we keep ourselves humble, God will keep lifting us. But the minute we become arrogant, the minute we become proud, the minute we become lifted up in self, 
then then God is against the proud and the arrogant. So God starts working against us then. We're humble. God is working with us. We get arrogant. We get proud. God starts working against us. Now the question you have to ask yourself, my brother and my sister, who do you, who, you want God working with you or you want God working against you? I want God working with me, and I and I believe you do too. So uh, come on. We got to get down into this thing. Now, we, we, we're talking about being strong, right? All right. Now we we look at the, the the other four parts or the other three parts that make us who we are: our heart, soul, mind, and it brings us on down to our strength. God wants us to love Him with our strength. All right. With with our, you know, each one of us is using our strength for one thing. Or the other. If you go into sleep at night wore out, and you haven't done anything for the Lord, I encourage you to check that. Check that. It's one thing to go to sleep wore out working for the Lord, and it's another thing to go to sleep wore out and have worked for man. I encourage you, children of God. Let us be wore out working for the Lord, doing the things that are pleasing in his sight. Because look at what the Bible says, Ephesians 6 and 10, very simple, simple scripture. It says, Paul says, finally. Now, when you get down to finally, you're wrapping things up. Finally. Everything has been said, everything has been, finally. Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Why? Why we got to be strong in the Lord? Because God wants us doing his works. God said, that's why I give you my strength, so that you can do my work. Now, God said, I'm not going to appreciate if you use my strength to do other works. All right. God says, give it to him in the natural, Robert. I'm thinking about a husband. Love his wife. Got a beautiful wife. Take his wife out. Buy her all kinds of jewelry. All kinds of fancy clothing. Even buys her a fancy Mercedes S-Class because he loves her. Now, I mean, he loves her. He sincerely loves her. And she take all this and go to her boyfriend. The money that the husband give her, she take it and give it to the boyfriend. The clothes that the husband buy for her, she wear them to look good for the boyfriend. The jewelry that the husband put on her, she go and parade it for the boyfriend. Husband going to be very upset with that arrangement because she's taking the good things that the husband had for her, he's giving them to another. Well, that's how God feels when we take the strength that he has given us to do his works, and we use it to do 
some other works, or the works of the adversary, or the works of man. God has given you and me strength that we might do what is pleasing in his sight. I want to encourage you, child of God. We're about to wrap this message up. Let us use our strength. Love the Lord. Now, we talked about it. Loving the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Love the Lord with your strength. Be strong. God said, be strong in the Lord. God said, that's why I'm giving you the strength. God said, do you think I have given you life? God said, I'm the one that gave you life. If you under the sound of my voice, I want you to realize and understand God is the one that gave you and me life. We are here today because God deemed it necessary for us to be here today. We are here today because God has some work he wants us to do for him. There is something that God wants you to do and still wants you and me to do. That's why we're here. People that, that the God didn't didn't want to do nothing else or they were their time was of it, they died last night. Or they died this morning. But there's some that listen, when I had this this stroke, I thought I was gonna die. I just will tell you, children of God, I thought I was gonna die. I went to you know, I was lifting weights doing my exercises as I've been doing for the last 40 years. And uh, I was working out in the weight room with with one of the young men in the ministry here. I finished up my exercise. I just finished running on a treadmill, lifting weights, lifting about 200 pounds. You know, I was still lifting the same thing I was lifting at 50-plus years old, that I was lifting at 20-plus. That was probably what contributed to me having a stroke. I should have cut down on my weight a long time ago, but I was feeling so good But I was lifting, exercise, working out, and had just finished my workout, but I felt funny this day. I felt very, very funny. I came upstairs from the church, went into my bathroom, get my shower and to get ready, for the day's activities. But I knew something wasn't right. Something wasn't right with me. I couldn't quite lift my right arm like I wanted to. And what got me things, I looked in my bathroom mirror at myself, and I knew I was standing still looking at myself, but as I looked at my reflection in my in the mirror, the reflection of me was running Back and forth. I said, wait a minute now. What is going on here? I was in my mind. I'm like, Lord, I must be dying. Because how am I going to be standing here still like this and my reflection of me in the mirror is running back and forth? So I went back downstairs, talked with the young man that was lifting weights with me, and I tried to ask him to contact one of the saints here at the church and Contact the ambulance. Have them come get me because something is not right. That was my plan. Tell him contact one of the saints. Tell them contact the ambulance because something is not right. 
But when I opened my mouth, children of God, I thought I was talking reasonable, but what I said was something to the effect of, Young man looked at me. He said, what did you say? I turned my face away from him and just looked up to heaven. I thought I was I thought I was dying. I began to say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for the life that you let me live. Thank you for the country that you've allowed me to go into. Thank you for allowing me to preach to your people. This is it, Lord. I'm ready to I enter your hands. I commit my spirit. Well, luckily, one of the saints gotten on the telephone with him and had heard what was going on and she called the ambulance, called the ambulance, they called the ambulance. The ambulance came and picked me up here. I thought I was going. I thought I was going to going to see the Lord. And took me to the hospital. Gave me some drugs and I passed out. That way. I'm thinking all the while, this is it. I'm, I'm going on to see the Lord. I woke up about three or four days later. Things were around me in the whole, in the uh, hospital room. I woke up and looked at him. I said, well, like, what you all doing here? I thought I was going to see Jesus. They said, no, Apostle, not yet. Not yet. I said, yeah, I guess not. So my works were not finished. Why I'm here today, my brother and my sister, and I want to encourage you. That's why you're here today. I don't know where you're at, what country you're in, what nation you're in, but I want to encourage you, child of God, your work is not done. God still has great work for you to do. I want to encourage you to get busy. Get busy. What the praise God, praise God. God bless you in the shell. Praise God. I want to encourage you, get busy. Don't keep looking around and making excuses and yeah. Get busy. God wants you to do, do it. If God wants you to go, go. God wants you to give to the church, give. Don't don't keep making excuses. Don't keep don't keep let's get to work. God will be pleased, you and I will be pleased, and we will be blessed. No other blessing in creation doing what God wants you to do. There's nothing sweeter in creation. A lot of times men and women, you know, are trying to figure out what to do in life, trying to be happy in life, trying to be content. But it's really very simple. Jesus told Martha that life is really very simple. You know, people be man, people be trying to figure out what to do in life. Do I do this? Do I do that? And life is really very simple. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, because Martha was all upset and worried and upset about many things. She came to Jesus and interrupted the whole sermon. She broke up the whole sermon to tell Jesus that 
Don't you, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her she broke up the sermon, broke up to serve the church service to deal with that situation. Jesus told her, Martha, Martha, Jesus said, you are worried and upset about many things. Mary has chosen what is better. The apostle, what you trying to let us know today? People that have chosen a better life. The life of Simply obeying God is a better life. People, you know, find happiness, can't find joy, can't find the peace. The life of simply obeying God is a better life. I don't, I, I don't care what kind of life you got going. What you into? If you're not simply obeying God, you haven't found the best. Bible says in Proverbs that that obedience principal thing. Obedience. The most important thing that you or I can do in this life. Best thing that you or I could do in this life. How we obey God. Start by studying his word. Start by studying. Yeah, Apostle, I be hearing you talking just like you be talking right to God. Yeah, I do. See, that was strange to me as a young Christian to see uh, saints that had been with the Lord for a long time, see them talking right with God. That was that was strange. I, that was hard because I remember my spiritual mother. I had just been saved four months. 17 years old. I went by, me and her son were friends. I went by our house to see her son. She came to the door. She took one look at me. One look at me. Looked up to heaven. Said, oh, okay. She was talking with God. She was just talking with God. You know, that's why I don't. I can't get lonely because I'm always talking with God, talking with God. She took one look at me. She said, uh-huh. She said, you're going to be a preacher. This was long before I was doing any preaching. Long before. She said, uh-huh. So you're going all over the world. This was 20 years before I had left the United States. Today I've been to probably 50 countries. You know, just got back from, from about four or five of them. But in an instant, he revealed to me my destiny. Uh-huh. You're going to be a preacher. And look back at the heaven. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh-huh. you're going all over the world preaching God's word. Look back to heaven. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're going to be like a traveling, uh, you're going to be like a bishop, a protector of God's people. He said, look back, uh-huh, uh-huh. He said, you're going to be a millionaire. Said, in an instant. I mean, it ain't like she had to sit down and, and try to. In an instant, God revealed to her, my spiritual mother, my destiny. And I want to let you know, child of God, that in an instant, God can reveal your destiny. He'll tell you everything you're going to do. Remember, Jesus did it with the woman at the well. And then stole everything she'd been through. Why? Because God knows everything. Past, present, future. God already knows everything going to happen to you. 
when you be stressing out over life and what's going to happen, what we're going to do, what we're going to do, I already know what you're going to do. What are you talking about? And as we get closer to him, God can begin to reveal some of that all-knowing eye. Because that's what God has, all-knowing, all-seeing eye. He can, he can reveal some of it to us. We prophesy in part. We know in part. Bible says, but when perfection, God already knows. If you're stressing over what's going to happen four or five years from now or in the future, God said, I already know. I want to encourage you, children of God. Children of God, I'm, those of you that are children of God, I'm sound of my voice, oh, relax yourself. Rest in your destiny. I'm going to tell you what your destiny is, children of you are predestined to be conformed into the likeness of God's only begotten Son, Jesus. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be like Jesus. Don't be worried. The Bible said don't be anxious. Jesus told his disciples, don't be anxious about anything. Be worried. Ain't nothing for us to worry about. People worried about the economy, worried about the White, what's going on in the White House, worried about President Trump, worried about, but nah, I'm not worried about that stuff. Bible said told me not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer, fasting, supplication, make my request known. Ain't nothing for us to be worried about. We are predestined. God know what my destiny is, but do you? As children of God, we're to know what our destiny is. We have been destined to be conformed into the likeness. We're going to be like Jesus. So I want to encourage you, children of God, you know, take it easy. Take it easy in the sense of, of not worrying, not being anxious, you know. Know that God has everything in control. All we got to do is just what he says. That's all we got to do. Now, it's going to be some people that don't like it. going to be some people that don't understand it. going to be some people that's going to be upset with us. Just like Martha, just like Mary, Father. Martha was upset with Mary. She won't do nothing but sitting at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Some of you all in this room right now with me, all you're doing is sitting listening to the apostles' doctrine. And some of you have been persecuted. And if you haven't been, get ready. Some of you have been persecuted just by sitting. And you ain't doing nothing but sitting and listening. People watch TV all day, no problem. People can play video games all day, no problem. But because you are listening to the word of God, there are some people that are going to persecute you. Doing just that. If it hasn't happened yet, get ready. It will. As I know, the adversary is not happy about you listening to the word of God. He's not happy about me preaching the word of God. And me listening. So, so understand, the adversary is his job to launch an attack against you. I want to encourage you once again, let you know, child of God, you will not be victorious. Mighty. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to encourage you, child of God, let you know you have been filled as a child of God. You have been filled with his mighty power. Don't think you no victim. Don't think you the on the 
What do we do as a result of this? We're to put on the full armor of God. Watch this. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Encourage you, child of God. Put on the full armor of God. I used to be a football coach in high school. Some of you all in, in other countries, American football. The young young men have helmets and shoulder pads and pads in their pants and, and all that. For men, not soccer. That's what they call football in many other countries around the world. I used to coach American football. One of the things we would do before we would leave the locker room, we have everybody check and equipment check. Check, make sure you've got your mouthpiece. Check, make sure you've got your, your earpieces and your helmet. Check, make sure you've got your thigh pads and your, your jack strap. And your, check, check your equipment. Make sure you have everything before we go out and play the game. I'm calling for you, child of God. Check your equipment. Check your equipment. Make sure your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel feet. Make sure your breast parade is covered up with righteousness. Make sure you got the helmet of salvation. Make sure you got the shield of faith. Check your check your equipment. Check your equipment. You go out today into your community, into your environment, wherever it is, whatever country it is. You're going out and you're dealing with devil, child of God. We're not going out to play. We got to deal with the devil out there. You got to deal with the devil in your at the supermarket or at the market or at the the the, the store. Right? We got to deal with the devil. Make sure you got your right equipment on. Make sure you got your equipment on right. You still with my players? All right. Make sure you got your equipment on. We're gonna to go out for the kickoff. We're gonna leave this locker room where everything is all safe and all right. We're gonna to go out here and battle. Children of God, as we leave this place of worship, oh, we in here with other saints, just beautiful environment, everything is everything is all smooth and that. we can make it go out into a world where everybody's not saved. But the devil and his angels are take your equipment. Make sure your equipment is on. We'll be blessed and mighty. Well, Children of God, my time is up. Leave something that was
Thank you. 